Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James <laughs> Dream. I'm joined here by Tyler. Big Herbie Herbot. Hey, what's going on there, guys? And the always. And ladies. And ladies. And the always fatherly presence on the show. May he bless us with his presence. <laughs> oh, God. I will bless you with some dad jokes. Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. He's the one always man the barbecue with the kiss to chef. Hey, dad hey, bless you all. All right. <laughs> dad bless you all. He doesn't, he doesn't man the barbecue, just stands next to it while I mean, that's what a real someone dad else cooks. That's what a real dad does. <laughs> yeah, you want your burger and medium rare? <laughs> and you just judge it like, hey, you should flip that one. Yeah. Those look done to me, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, today we are covering the AFC East. We have covered the AFC West. We have covered the NFC West. We have covered the NFC East. So if you're looking for those episodes, check them out down the list there. Uh, I think the last three episodes. Facts. Um, Facts. So, yeah, covering every team here in the division, every fantasy-relevant player on those teams, and given our early kind of insights – before August hits, I guess it's not getting too early anymore. We're pretty mm. much here. Yeah, we're we're dead into the draft season right now. Fuck. Yeah, I guess it's happening. Like what? It's really? Forty seven? Forty seven days till kickoff? I think it's less than that. Forty six. Depends on when we post this. I uh, forty five, forty four. <laughs> you know, mid forties. We're we're there. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh. Anyways. Some good, some good teams to cover here. I think uh, probably be a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it, huh? Yep. All right. Let's start with the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, obviously, dynamic offense. Um, really, everything's pretty much the same outside of Emmanuel Sanders. Um, uh, little Cole Beasley being gone, and they drafted. Uh, Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook. And um, they kicked what's his name out to the pasture. The well, other running back. Oh, yes, Zach Moss. Yeah, I, that guy hasn't existed for me for a couple of years. So <laughs> You guys used to love that dude. Though. Dude, he was my guy. That was my guy. That was Tyler. What? Don't put that on me. Uh-huh. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> you were on the other side of the tree where the moss don't grow. Yeah, exactly. Here come the dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't win them all, man. Can't win them all. Ah, somebody's laughing. Yeah, you got to swing and miss. That's all right. Uh, let's start with the uh, QB1 for the last two years. Being drafted, obviously, again as the QB1 this year. Uh, 25th overall. Second round pick. Maybe early third round. Yeah, I'm not, I have to go back and double. I'm like, that seems like that's low compared to what it was, right? Yeah. No, well, still, still I'm 25th. Trusting you, so no, it's still 25th. Like on Fantasy Pro, still has as 25th overall, and that's you know rated over four different other sites as a, 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 a consensus. So, yeah, this is one 25. Still too early for a quarterback, in my opinion, but you do you. So the talent, not enough for you to take a shot. So I have about 22 overall on Fantasy Pros. Doesn't matter. Basically the same. How are we somehow seeing something different? I don't know. Let me refresh. And <laughs> did it change like that fast? <laughs> but I'll just say this: I, I'm approaching this the same way I think I feel about tight ends. I'm I'm literally waiting until after like the eighth round, most likely, to draft my quarterback or tight end. Quarterback, I'm way more flexible on. We talked about it on our last episode, talking about the NFC East. We do like Jalen Hurts, where he's at, like around the end of the sixth round, early seventh, right? Yeah. In the sixth, yep. Yeah, pretty good value there. But there's also, once you get down to like uh, around 93 overall, there's still Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. A little bit above 93 at 85 is Matthew Stafford. Tom Brady's at 87. I'd be more than happy to have those guys be my quarterback one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the third round or, you know, end of the second, beginning of the third, like you're still talking about drafting your. You know, RB2 or RB1 possibly, your receiver number one or two. Like, there's just so much talent there that you really, I would just would never waste a pick on a quarterback this early in a fantasy draft. I just can't do it. What do we make of uh, this backfield right now? Devin Singletary is the running back 29. 
And going 74th overall, James Cook, running back 42-110 overall. Um, I think they're both worth worth a shot at, honestly. Devin Singletary came on really strong at the end of last season. Like, like we've never seen. Like, he was always a very middling running back. Like, barely crack, like, like barely flex-worthy, right? And then all of a sudden, he came out just kicking ass last, what, four, five, six weeks of the season to the point where, like, you, you could actually use him as your RB1 in the playoffs. Um, we don't know. I don't know why that changed because, like, it's not like the offense changed or anything like that. There, weren't, there wasn't a major injury that happened. Just all of a sudden, Devin Singletary took off. He started scoring touchdowns is what happened. Well, maybe that's what it was. So maybe they gave him more, more opportunity in the red zone. And, you know, that's something that we could look forward to. But I, so I don't mind Devin Singletary going in the seventh round or so. Um, and, you know, at that point, you're drafting him as you're probably running back three or maybe even four. So I think he's worth a flyer. And then same thing with James Cook. James Cook has a lot of talent. You know, you're going to draft him in the, like, the 11th round or so. I mean, why not take the flyer on that guy? At that point, you're drafting guys with upside anyways. Yes, for me, um, I'm not drafting Devin Singletary anywhere just because in that round, I think there's better players that I like, you know, and how I build out my teams. I'm not really looking usually for, I don't know, a a running back of his pedigree right there. Like, I would much rather. You're looking for something more consistent. I would rather take Kareem Hunt, who's one spot behind him right now, if I really want to go running back. Uh, But a lot of the times, I'm taking a receiver there, you know. Um, even someone like Rashad Penny, who's still pretty far behind Devin Singletary, I would probably take ahead of him. And then I would, I would consider, um, James Cook at what, in the 10th, 11th round as a flyer. And it's kind of funny. I was watching a replay at a hotel because there's nothing on TV of, um, Buffalo Bills versus the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for like, I think it was like five plays straight. Josh Allen dumped it off to Devin Singletary. And I was just like, man, is this like a sign from God or like destiny? Because <laughs> it was literally like right when I turned on, turned it on. It was like, oh, I'll just check this out for a few minutes. And it was like five plays in a row where Josh Allen passed to Devin Singletary. And I was like, this is weird. Um, I'm still not going to draft Devin Singletary, <laughs> though. But I like that, um, you know, I think James Cook could be really effective in that role enough so that if you're you're you know cost you nothing essentially it's someone with upside i think yeah i agree with you a lot of upside with cook i would say the biggest thing i think about him right now with devin singletary being pretty much solidified as being their running back or running workhorse not necessarily receiving is james cook is a great cuff end of the draft something happens to devin singletary when we did our preseason running back rankings, I personally thought James Cook looked like he could be a three-down running back. Judging from what you guys wrote looking at the document, because I'm not going to reach that far back in my memory because I can't remember that, uh, you guys thought he was more of a receiving back, which he is. But from what I saw from him, he's definitely a little undersized, but he can definitely be a three-down running back, so he'd be a good cuff. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he holds up against you know NFL defenders and just uh you know it's the men's league so it's you know yeah. definitely different but you, you wrote an austin eckler comparison yeah for sure for james yeah. cook yeah he's not as physically built as austin and yeah he's not that like eckler is like a ball of muscle yeah he's pretty unique. like remember you guys remember like way back when there's a kid out of i think it was boise state we, that was called the muscle hamster went to tampa i can't remember his name right now <laughs> doug martin yeah it was doug martin Damn. How do I know this? What wow. a pull there! That was a pull. Tray. Yeah, he had, he had like three or four years of being very fancy relevant, yeah. and they call him the Muscle Amps. He hated the the name, <laughs> but I feel like Austin Eckler. That's probably a better nickname for Austin Eckler than it ever even was for Doug Martin. Yeah, I'm so just happy I remembered that. <laughs> uh, that's nice, man. Good God call. damn. Um, Stefan Diggs right now is the wide receiver five, going twelve overall. Uh, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver, 31, 77 overall. How do we feel about their wide receivers uh, here in Buffalo? Yo, I'll just say this. I think Stefan Diggs, it's, he's rightly placed with his overall. His ADP is just about right. We know what he can do. He's done it on multiple teams at this point. 
Gabriel Davis is a person that I'm really curious how you guys feel about him. I'll tell you this. Super and promising. And this might, I don't know. Um, Stefan and Devontae Adams for me right now are like right here. And I'm honestly starting to <sighs> lean <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Get the fuck out of here. As my, dude. I don't know, top five wide receivers, I guess. Um, like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase. No, don't. I knew you were going to say his name. It's too early. Um, is there one I'm forgetting right now? So Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Stephon, probably right there. Yeah, I guess it would be, yeah, Stephon, Devontae. Jamar does not belong in that conversation yet. I'm just saying that too reliant, too reliant on big plays. I can pull the stats up and maybe go over it in our next episode. It's mostly big play production when it comes to fantasy for sure. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. That, that'll be. We'll get to the we'll get to the AFC. wide receiver three last year. We'll, we'll get to the AFC North in another episode, but uh, very boom or bust. More, a lot of boom. A lot of boom. <laughs> a lot, a lot of boom. Yeah, I like how your bust is like. Anyways, twelve points. Stefan Diggs. I'm not saying for me. If you want to take him in the first round, I'm totally happy with that. I love, you know, if you're at the back end of the draft and you take like a Devontae and a Stefan, I think that's a really good strategy. That's quite literally, I mean, we were messing around on mock drafts the other night and then we were sending shit back and forth and I took a random positioning and got picked 12th. And that's literally what I did when Stefan Diggs yeah. and Devontae Adams back to back. And I liked my team a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're taking a no running back strategy, but then at the same time, we just in the last episode talked about Zeke. I got I took Zeke in the third round as right. my RB one, and I love that too. So I mean, I don't think if you're at the back end of the first round, going back to back receivers, I don't think is a big detriment to you. I think this year more than ever, going receiver receiver in the first and second round is looking like a pretty good strategy. Yeah. Like now, I'm not saying you do that if you have like picked two or three. Obviously, I think that's a back, back of the of yeah. round one yeah, yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you can absolutely do that this year, and I think, I think going forward too, like in years to come, that kind of strategy will become much more commonplace. I think the I zero think so running too. back strategy has only really come around in the last probably five years, if that. And but like you're just seeing receivers become so much more valuable at this point that that you can do that. Yep. Um, so Gabriel Davis in the seventh round. I don't know, man. I know Trey. Just, I Trey. I, we want to wait a long tangent before you know coming coming back to Trey's question yeah, about to how answer Trey's about question. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, you, you guys covered a lot of good stuff, honestly. It, it's Gabriel Davis to me, honestly. It's maybe you'll say it right now. I think it's kind of a moot point. I'm not super high on him, but it is his a high powered offense that should be passing the ball a lot. So someone else has to catch the goddamn ball, right? I mean, I, and the way he came on at the end of last season, I mean, he obviously had the you know the four and the way game. Emmanuel Sanders performed in the beginning of the season, you know, yeah. that could be Davis's role throughout the whole year. It could be. The thing is, like, and I think his ADP is probably in a good spot, you know, being you know seventh, eighth round like that, where I, it's worth taking the the shot on him. I'm not sure if I necessarily would, but it's only because I'm just so uncertain of what he could be this year. Yeah, it is it is uncertain, but the team loves him. He's attached to arguably one of the best uh, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, one of the most high-powered offenses. You know, the upside for touchdowns is certainly there. Like I don't know. I like taking him. Depend it depends on how my team builds out, but um I've definitely been taking him in drafts 7th, 8th round depending on where he goes. Like his ADP has been creeping up all off season. So I'm not sure how much higher it can go, but it, it might even go higher um, as we get closer to prime time, prime time draft time. I'll, I'll just say this before we move on. Someone to put on your watch list, in my opinion, high powered offense projected slot receiver, Jamison Crowder Ugh. played on the Jets for quite a while. He's never really had a great season, but he's had flashes of greatness and this is the best position he's ever been in. For sure. Yeah. And I think I see what you're saying. And the thing is, too, like Crowder, he's always been a relatively consistent fantasy player as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, I mean, you brought up the, the Emmanuel Sanders thing from last season. I think you see James Crowder, James and Crowder could take a lot of that role as well. 
So maybe that alone to eats into what Gabriel Davis gives us too. Uh, Dawson Knox is someone I like taking a look at too at tight end. Tight end nine right now, uh, 91 overall. He was doing some pretty special things before the injury last year. And it seems like, you know, he's like the tight end that just came out of nowhere last year and was starting to light it up and really set things on fire. I mean, these guys can be so valuable, you know, if you get a late uh, a tight end that, you know, can stay up there with the big dogs in terms of point production for an entire season. I think the only reason we didn't get that out of Dawson Knox last year is because of the injury. But I think he's a talented player, and the opportunities there, the scoring opportunities are there. He's on a really good offense, and he's got a good quarterback. Well, he only missed two games last year to whatever injury that he did have. Oh. And that stretch of games that you're talking about where he was doing really good, he was scoring touchdowns. And this is someone I've never really been that high on, but everything about him when I'm approaching how I uh, how I like to evaluate tight ends is like snap percentage, decent amount of targets, things like that. Touchdowns you really cannot rely on with tight ends unless they're in that top plateau that we always talk about with tight ends, those top four or five guys. But this guy is on the field a very good amount of the time. We're talking, you know, between 80 and 90% of the snaps. And he doesn't get as many targets as I personally would like to see. But in this offense, it's someone I'm definitely interested in. So, like, what's his ADP right now? You were saying it's... Uh, 91. 91. That's about the area that I'm drafting a tight end. Someone I wouldn't be that confident myself as a, as a tight end one. But I, if the tight end run started before I got my chance to take a pick, I wouldn't be that disappointed in taking him. You know, I have to agree with Trey here. He scored nine touchdowns last year, um, which is quite a bit for most tight ends. But if you break down his yardage on games played, he averaged less than 40 yards a game. So, I mean, and I know there's a lot of tight ends that are touchdown dependent. But as Trey said, touchdowns are so hit or miss from season to season. Like he yeah. had, he could have nine last year. Next year, he could have three. You know, just one of those things. It depends on how, how the games kind of shake out. So I would be hesitant to draft Dawson Knox as well, especially in that area where you also have guys like uh, Dallas Godare, who we talked about in the last episode, who gets a lot more yardage and a lot more usage than Dawson Knox does. Yeah, and, and I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't think he's going to be like a world beater. Well, I can't hear what you're not saying. I, that's, what, that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. Um, but, you know, in a lot of drafts, like there's guys that are on the board around that time, like Chase Edmonds. Melvin Gordon, um, like you know, I'm taking those guys if, and I'll and I'll still oh, yeah. wait on tight end if if Chase Edmonds is still there, yeah. Especially, um, I'm definitely taking Chase. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good point too. I mean, and obviously, it all depends on the way your your team shakes out because every draft is going to be a little bit different. But yeah, I'm with James on that as well. Like, there's too many good running backs and receivers still available at that point to take a shot on a guy that seems to be very touchdown dependent and a guy who didn't show anything at this point to his, in his career until last season. I, so, I agree with that. The last thing I'll say about that is like the only reason I'm even interested in him is because one of the biggest indicators of a tight end breaking out is being on the field all the time. Right. And he is on the field all the fucking time for they, one of the most high-powered offenses. Yeah, they definitely see him as their guy at yeah. that position for sure. So uh, that's definitely a plus. Uh, speaking of Chase, let's move to the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, a lot of movement here with this team picking up, excuse me, picking up Tyreek Hill, uh, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, uh, all this off season, and it's kind of becoming one of the hardest teams to figure out because so much of it relies on Tua you still have to pay a pretty significant price for Tyreek and you don't, I mean, Tyreek Hill's an incredible player. One of one, you know, there's really no one else like him, but what's going to happen? Like, is Tua really going to be able to get him the ball enough? You know, are they going to be effective enough on offense for him to pay off? He's going 21st overall right now, wide receiver eight which is the lowest price you've ever had to pay for Tyreek Hill, but 
outside of his rookie year. But, um, you know, if he was still in Kansas City, he would be, what, a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, he'd be right up there in, you know, the Devontae, Stephon Diggs, like, area. Right. So, I mean, he's not falling off that far. But, yeah, it, it's it's tough, man. Um, honestly, I kind of look at the Tyreek situation similar to the A.J. Brown situation in Philadelphia, where he's coming to a new team, not a very proven quarterback, so we're not really sure what to what to take. And so I think I'm going to downgrade Tyreek a little bit. And, you know, maybe that comes back to bite me in the ass, but I would rather take something a little more sure than let Tyreek burn me. I'm definitely agreeing with you guys. I just want to address the fact that you both say Philadelphia for some reason and not Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Delphia. You guys both say Philadelphia. So North man, you're you're from you're from the Midwest, man. You wanna know. <laughs> I was closer to it than you guys were. <laughs> it's Philadelphia. But anyways. It's the same thing like bag and bag over here, you know. It, the, <laughs> this team is it definitely hard to predict, like you were saying, James. But the people I really like off of this is a Tua, I think, a great value. Uh, he had quite a few weeks last year where he was doing top 10 quarterback numbers. And with this offense, he's very capable of doing that. So with him being drafted to 122 overall, kind of like a poor man's Jalen Hurts, not, that's, that's a weird comparison because it's not really the running uh, ability there. But Correct. super undervalued, in my opinion. The people I really like on this offense is Chase Edmonds. And Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle's Jalen Waddle's ADP though is a little bit too high for my liking to be you know the second fiddle as far as wide receiver goes. But it's not like I'm buying into the narrative that Tua can't throw the ball deep to get to Tyree Kill. But him and Jalen Waddle already have a great chemistry together, and Jalen Waddle had a great rookie season. He he only had 104 catches last year. It's only a rookie (laughs) record, right? So it's like, I Jaylen think they Waddle can only is, build on yeah. that. And that's what scares me even more about Tyreek is like how right? How much can Tua really spread the love? Here? But the thing is too, okay, so think about it this way. In that area where Tyreek is being drafted, I'm not sure if I necessarily see someone who I would draft over Tyreek either. Debo? So Debo's going at 19, two, two ahead. Then you have Aaron Jones, there's Tyreek. Then you have Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, Saquon, Lenny Fournette. And then, like, Mike Evans, Keen Allen. I'm not necessarily sure if Debo is still there, probably. But outside of that, I'm not sure if it would take any of these other guys ahead of Tyreek. I would I would take Aaron Jones. Um, and probably Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Obviously, it would... Just because I usually go running back, running back. But yeah, it just depends. It all but at that point, depends. I mean, you're... You know, depending on the size of your league, you could be drafting in the third round at that point. It's just... It's just tough. And well, you're saying you want to take a sure thing. Tyreek feels like the most risky thing out of yeah. Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Tyreek Hill, Debo. Tyreek is the, to me, the most risky person in that group. Yeah, I don't. It's just tough. Like you're, I think you're in that. You're a bit of a wishy washy area in terms of like where guys could go because like Debo, it's probably gonna come back to earth a little bit, especially without the running capability that, where we don't expect him to run as much as he did last year. Aaron Jones seems to be seeding more and more carries to AJ Dillon, um, which is a little scary. Grant, I still think Aaron Jones, you know, is the bell cow there. And then you have Leonard Fournette, who came into training camp at 265 pounds, who's you know, like that's a lot of weight. Like it's one thing to come in over, I, it's one thing to come in boys. over like ten pounds overweight. It's nothing to come up, you know, thirty five pounds <laughs> overweight. Like he should be playing on the defensive end or defensive line at this point. So it's just it's tough, man. Um, I think overall this team is very scary to draft because, like, outside of like make you know taking Chase late in the draft, like that feels like a really safe pick. But other than that, like, it's a scary team to draft. Like, because you really like, there's so many there's new marks, moving yeah. parts, including the head coach, yeah, you know, including their offense, how they're going to operate the wheels could fall off and things could go drastically wrong for the Miami Dolphins. That is still a very real possibility, you know? Um, Can I play a devil's advocate for a second here? Sure. And just kind please. of contradict everything we're honestly, saying. Honestly, please do. Cause like, so we got Mike McDaniels coming from the 49ers, right? Very uh, 
motion heavy pre-snap shit going on blah 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 right well who's always doing the motion in these kind of offenses the fast guy Tyreek Hill so I mean does Tyreek Hill get... all they got now is fast guys well, though. yeah Jalen Wall's right. pretty damn fast Jaylen Waddle, Raheem Mostert Chase Edmonds like that's their whole team yeah this is Chase Edmonds backfield don't even bring Raheem up but anyways <laughs> so Raheem, Raheem probably wouldn't make it out training camp without it hurt again yeah. but I mean I, I see that kind of offense um it might create more opportunities for Tyreek. The the yeah. pre-motion movement, all that kind of stuff, maybe a little bit, some sweep action, things like that. It might increase, maybe not increase, but sustain enough from what he's losing from his uh, his former quarterback with Mahomes to keep him as a relevant top 10 wide receiver where he's being drafted right now. Yeah, I think it sounds like we're all pretty much in concurrence that this team is risky to draft for. And I don't know if it's just for myself a gut feeling, I have. I just feel like Waddle is the safest bet. He this. is. He is. Yeah. Because yeah. because he is. Okay, I mean, good. Chase Chase at his ADP, I would argue, is a little bit safer. I mean, yeah, he's going like you know the tenth round. Just because he's basically guaranteed to be the RB one. Oh, you do you think that? I thought I was the only one that thought that. No. Oh no no no. I'm That's like widely. Oh, because you yeah, guys love Moster for some reason, no, don't James, you? No, I, James. No, nah, James. Moster can't stay on the field. Because he's the most hurt. <laughs> I will always say that anytime yeah. his name is brought up. Like, the thing is, like when he's on the field, he's great. He's very like fast. he's he's very very good. But like, if you're only on the field for a game or two, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Josh Gordon was great too, but he wasn't on the field all the time. Those are different, yeah. different, <laughs> different reasons there, bud. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Chase Edmonds too, great value. And yeah, I guess I would I would kind of argue what you were saying. Chase Edmonds get him at like the middle of the ninth round possible rb1 rb top 10 finish that's fucking fantastic it's similar like the rashad penny going in you know just what about 10 picks ahead of him right now like those are both guys that if they end up really being like rb1s like they can win you your league totally i'm excited to draft this year honestly there's very few years where like you get past the first four rounds and there's running backs available that you actually want to draft Mm -hmm. and you're I feel like it's usually after you get past the first four rounds, you're just like, okay, I got to drop these guys as the cuff because I got, you know, this guy in the Ravens. I got this guy over here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I could literally draft this guy in the ninth round and he might help me win a fucking championship on a run heavy offense. It definitely feels deeper than it has in previous years. I feel, sure. I almost feel like almost every position feels deeper. Like, I don't know, it's just the way the NFL is going where it's not so top heavy with talent, where it's a little more spread out. But I feel like every position every year gets a little deeper for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, more points are being scored, and I think that the average yards per game for for teams in general is like fifty yards higher than it was about five years ago. So yeah, that's, that's there's going to be a little bit more points being given out. That's not enough to really signify a huge difference in fantasy, but it's definitely increasing. No, that's a good point. I mean, just the way the NFL in general has been going. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. All righty, let's you. move on <laughs> to the. Uh... Sorry, I didn't mean to say actually. Like it was like. Oh, I can't believe you've tried something good. Like, you always say good things. <laughs> <laughs> like, this wow. came out almost like backhanded. I'm sorry. Trey, I apologize for this that. This first good point of the, the show ever. <laughs> first, first one of the summer. <laughs> first one of the summer. Uh, New England Patriots. <clears throat> Are we good on the Dolphins? No, we, gotta, we can't skip over Gasecki real quick. Oh, Gasecki. Yeah, we got to keep that. Come He's on. another guy that's make it like, quick. yeah, no, another another tight end at the make back. It, of make the, it quickie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try my game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one honestly i like it i probably did the same thing uh, <laughs> so it's another tight end at the you know the back of, of most drafts in the 10th or 11th round where like he has a ton of upside and like if you're gonna punt on the position gaseki has so much upside in this new offense you know he's not gonna be kittle but he has a lot of potential so he's absolutely worth taking as your as your tight end one i i mostly agree with that and i love gaseki but unlike Dawson Knox, who we were just talking about, it's not someone who's going to be seeing a 90% snap percentage because he doesn't have like the run blocking ability. He's more of a receiving tight end. We all know this. And it's very boomer bust with him, with Mike Kosicki. But in previous years, under previous regimes, different head coaches and whatnot, different quarterbacks, very target heavy. And we like what we see with Mike Kosicki. And it's very enticing. But this year... Very boomer bust for me, and it's it, literally it could be great for you, but it could also be horrible. So, someone I'm avoiding, I will take if I need to. 
if I get if I put myself in a bad drafting position, but it's not really someone I'm seeking out. Yeah, I would say Gasucky take there. Wow. And I would not draft Mike Gasicki. Oh, I thought you were saying like my take was Gasucky. And I was like, dude, I just basically covered what you <laughs> said. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, apparently I'm the only one on taking I I take the flyer on Gasicki. I'm fine with that. I I, I indoctrinated you versus the opportunity and the cut in the eleventh in the eleventh round. What yeah, cost? There's still other tight ends you can draft after him that I would prefer. Okay, uh, how, how many would you name? I, the only one I can name is Pat Fryermuth. Well, let me get to the list here. And, and his then, ADP will rise above Gasicki's. Mark my words. Get to the list. Uh, Fryermuth. Uh, yeah, I said that. Commit. No way. His Njoku. ADP is after Kasiki. I'd probably take Alberto. Get the fuck out Gerald of here. Gerald Everett. For sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Jim is out on a very thin branch on this one. I'm out on Kasiki, man. There's too many question marks. There's a in influx of new talent that they've brought into this team. A new coach. Yep. I mean, good you, luck. You brought up a great point, honestly, though. Cole Komet and Pat Fryermuth, two people I'm really, really targeting this year in my drafts that I'm I know, very I just, confident I just in. traded you, Cole. Well, you tried to. We're figuring it out. No, it's already it's already been done. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, you countered and I accepted. <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> this guy. You better me. wake up, dude. The season's about to start. This guy, me. You better wake up from your slumber. I thought you denied. Anyways, we'll talk about this afterwards. <laughs> Whatever. That's just been a process. It, it processed like a week ago. Yeah. Dude, I'm not looking at my rosters right now. <laughs> I'm looking at the trade <laughs> offers. But, anyways, Mike Kosicki, Pat Fryermuth, Cole Komet, they're all going around the 11th round, right? So. Yeah, Mike Kosicki's the third out of those three picks, for sure. All right, New England Patriots. No fucking way. That's just a done deal. Uh, Damian Harris. Where, where are we going to start here with the New England Patriots? <laughs> um, Overall thoughts? All right, Mac Jones is be- apparently going undrafted. Seems, I don't know, that seems a little disrespectful. If you want to carry around you know, QB2, I think Mac Jones is, is decent. So, yeah, let's go to Damian Harris. Very safe floor. Very safe floor. Yeah, I'll say that. Damian Harris contract year could be his last year uh, in New England. Please, so he can go someplace else and actually be an RB one. <laughs> um, running back twenty five right now. He's going fifty fifth overall. So right there in the fifth round, uh, you're happy with taking him as a RB two. I mean, he's probably going to be your RB three in the fifth round. So pretty could likely. Be. But if he's an RB two. It's a little, RB2, I don't know if I... It depends on how... If I went, you know, the like the no running back rule where I went receiver, receiver, um, then yeah, I'd be happy with that. If I'm looking as in being like a really... Off, if I'm kind of iffy on my receivers, then I wouldn't like it. But I think, I, I think for most people, you're probably drafting him as your flex guy, which I would love. I didn't hear anything you guys were saying because I was trying to figure out the trade that was processed. <laughs> Uh, about a week ago, oh so God. you're waiting for me. How to do you feel about David Harris in the fifth round? I feel pretty. Ooh, I I feel eh about it. Honestly, um, <laughs> he's indifferent. I, I I was very impressed by what he did last year, scoring a touchdown basically every week. Their whole running back by committee thing didn't really phase his fantasy production. He quietly had a very great year. Damien Harris or Clyde Edwards Alaire. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Oh, speaking of Clyde Edwards, you guys see today. So, like last week he came out, I was like, this is the first year I've had in my NFL career where I had a full true offseason. Now he's hurt. <laughs> yeah. is They put him on the PUP list already. Like, come on. But the PUP list, like we discussed a couple episodes ago, uh, it's not anything like the IR or anything like that. Obviously, the IR is like extensive. Yeah, as long but... as you're off the PUP list before the season starts, it's not. it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but if you're on the PUP, PUP list when the season starts, then you're out the first. I think they changed a little bit. Now. I think it's now four weeks or eight weeks. So you can, you know, there's like an early and a late list, whatever. Um, but yeah, as long as he takes off it before the season starts, we're good. Ramondre Stevenson, an interesting talent right now. He's the RB 37 going 99th overall. Worth a shot? Mm. 
How much run does he get in Damian Harris's final year in New England? Probably plenty, but I mean, it's the New England Patriots backfield. Like, Jesus, like, there's never going to be like a true consensus. Damian Harris was the closest thing that we had last year to since and we talked all the time since like Corey Dillon, you know, 20 damn years ago. So it's it's hard to say. I'm sure Steve, Steven's going to get his. Um, are you going to be able to rely on him week in and week out to produce for you? No. Is he going to have those pop games where like you flex him that week? You're going to love it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his ADP is basically putting him in the best cuffs of the running backs zone. You know, so you got, you know, Kenneth Walker, James Robinson, Isaiah Spiller, who we were all pretty high on in the offseason with our running back rankings. Alexander Madison, who traditionally last few years, one of the best cuffs to be drafted. And I would honestly prefer like most of those guys over Ramondre. Uh, Ramon J finished running back 40 last year. Damien Harris finished running back 13. Yeah, so. I like those. <clears throat> Interesting. Run heavy I'm, offense. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Damien Harris. I mean, he's just a guy who's a seems, really good pure runner. Yeah, he just is. He, he's a baller out there. So I like Harris a lot. I think Ramondre, who's kind of short and stocky, but I feel like it's a little more injury prone than he maybe should be. Um, I don't know. Harris just seems like it's still going to be, he's going to be the guy. Dude, he's the next Corey Dillon. He's bringing back. He is eradicating the running back by committee for the New England Patriots. For everyone like us, he's doing us a fucking favor. He's a man <laughs> of the people. He will let us finally be confident in a Patriots running back. Shout out Corey Dillon. Shout out Corey Dillon and Damian Harris. Um, that's right. That's right. Uh, what do we think about the uh, <laughs> wide receiver position here? Devontae Parker, wide receiver, fifty-eight right now. 158 overall. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 61, 179th overall. I mean, they're basically both going undrafted. Um, as probably should be. Unless, until we see <laughs> what the way this shakes off, this shakes out in the first you know two to three weeks of the season, I wouldn't waste a draft pick on one of these guys. Let's be realistic, though. This is an NFL team in today's... NFL, no matter how run-heavy they are, they still have to throw the goddamn ball. Yeah, but they're on Bill's team. They're going to have a wide receiver that finishes in the top 40, 30 at least. <laughs> doesn't mean last... you want him on your fancy team. Did they last year? I, I don't know. you got to <laughs> prepare me to look these things up, first of all. <laughs> and, and Trey, and cool. traditionally contrary they, they have to your not pa- been very good. With contrary their... to your statement, uh, Bill Belichick has shown you don't have to throw the ball. You have to remember You're against Buffalo. Yeah, oh against God. Buffalo, they threw the ball three fucking times. Their top receiver last year finished as wide receiver thirty. Guess who it was? Nelson Aguilar. No. Jacoby Myers. No. Really? Um, Nikhil Harry. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Eastern kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go uh, Eagles, baby. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Bourne. So. That's, oh, and that's probably only that's because what I'm saying. That's I, only because I'm Kendrick Bourne came on the se- came like to the end of the season really strong. Like he finished the season very very well. So wide receiver thirty is just outside of being startable. Yeah, but you went out. You went through three receivers <laughs> before you got out. to the right guy on <laughs> one team. The fucking Patriots. Exactly. That's why I'm just I'm I'm not taking these guys. I don't. Things I'm not change. Terrible. Things change. Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna wait till change. about week three to figure that out. I will also wait. I'm not going out of my way, but Devontae Parker, put him on watch list. <laughs> Hunter Henry. <laughs> this, this watch list is growing by the minute. Every day. I'm watching. <laughs> He's watching, watching. things. Hunter Henry, tight end 19, uh, going 158 overall. <clears throat> cool. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Dude, someone's got to catch the goddamn ball. I don't care how much they're running the ball, even if they get in the red zone. Either tight end's going to come up or Devontae Parker, great yeah. underrated receiver. And, and again, and I agree with you there, but I'm still going to wait till about week three to figure it out. Uh, who's the other tight end? Do we know? Uh, John U. Smith. Who was, still? Yeah, well, they signed, they signed them both to long-term deals last year. They got oh, a choice. How uh, quickly people have fallen. I was so high on Yanu. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's Yanu. R.I.P. to him. By the way, where's Tyrell Williams? We haven't heard about Hunter him. Hunter Henry did finish with seven touchdowns last year, which was uh, tied for fifth at the position. 
with Pat Fryermuth. Ha, shout out the Muth. Right behind Schultz, Knox, Kelsey, and Andrews. Yeah, you know, it's like that's a cool stat and whatnot, but <laughs> I just I just like I can't trust anybody on this passing game until it actually happens. Like there's I'm just not gonna touch it. Choose one, Devontae Parker or Hunter Henry. They're both their overall is like literally tied at one fifty eight. Who else is around there? I'm probably picking them. No, you have to. <laughs> I have to. Devontae or Hunter. Hold on, let me look around one fifty eight here. Let me let me scroll way down this fucking page. The one fifty eight. I would just say like it's. I would rather draft Jameis Winston as my third string quarterback. Oh God! Actually, no. Screw that. Tyler Algier for Atlanta is going one sixty two. Take a shot. Yeah. I bet you. I would not be surprised if Tyler Algier is not the number one running back for Atlanta this year. When you say that name, it just sounds like some kind of mold. Don't disrespect the Tyler's like that. Well, the last one, the Algier. I got Algier. Al- yeah, I got Algier on my foot. I'm just <laughs> a little too humid these days. All right, now that we're talking about mold, tells me we should probably move <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> New York Jets. Speaking of mold, final team <laughs> in this division. Um, That's funny. Another team with a lot of changes. Um, Adding a lot of talent. A lot of people would argue they had the best draft in the NFL draft this year. Picking up Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. How do we feel about these offensive players? Um, Let's start, I I guess, with the running backs. Uh, Brees Hall, running back 23 right now, overall 47. And then uh, Michael Carter, running back 34, overall 97. To me, I just think Brees Hall is such a better player than Michael Carter that if I'm looking for a second running back, especially a third running back in the fourth, I'm willing – I'll pull the trigger on Brees Hall in the fourth round. You do know Brees Hall is in the midst of a holdout right now. One of the few rookie draft picks that has not signed yet, and he is not reporting to camp right now. I think he did sign. Yeah, pretty he, sure he signed too, actually. He's in the midst of a holdout. Oh, yeah. Eight days ago, hoping to avoid holdout. Yeah, I, I had to look it up because I saw the notification I a, a while ago. Yeah, I thought I thought he signed as well. So so maybe maybe I'll use the old Google and not the sleeper because we know how they be sleeping sometimes. <laughs> but shout out to sleepers. They're one of the greatest. But uh, So I guess we're all looking it up. I'll say something <laughs> yeah, while, you guys are. Are, <laughs> while you guys are doing that. Michael Carter showed so much promise last year. It honestly bums me out that they that they drafted Brees Hall because Michael Carter was really picking it up at the end of the year, but the Jets team as a whole was picking it up at the end of the year. This is a team I think is on the rise, is the Jets. And so Zach Wilson, that's not someone I want on my fantasy team or anything like that, but when you look at the receivers, I wouldn't approach it the same way you would the Jets receivers the last like 10 years. Things are looking brighter for them. Yeah, and Brees Hall did sign his contract on the 19th. One day after the latest sleeper report, so they need to I thought. step up their game a little bit. But um, living up to their name, sleeping. <laughs> don't don't hit on the, on the you know platform we use the draft. Our I, teams. I'm not hating on them, but because it's like <laughs> goddamn, really, like this is like the it, like the premier rookie running back of this year's draft. It is, and you should take him in the fourth. Yeah, you know, what? I have this. I have this feeling it's gonna be a little more fifty fifty than than we're expecting. Yeah, it definitely will. Brees Hall, like in terms of rookie running backs in recent memory, uh, I don't think so. Is not on the same level to come in and like be a top ten running back. Like I think you might be thinking he could be. He's not on the same level of like the Saquons, the Zeeks, the Christian McCaffrey's that had come in in the, in the last you know five to eight years. He's much much better. Then what? Fifth rounder, Michael Carter. I don't think round really matters with running I'm, backs these days. Yeah, it doesn't. Chris Carson, does. who we just talked about you know, in the last episode, because he re- he's now a retired because of injury, who was a top ten running back the last four years, also has a robotic was a seventh neck. was a seventh round running back. So that doesn't mean jack when it comes to running back. And he's much better than Michael Carter. Who Chris? <laughs> 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't think <laughs> my, Michael Carter is very good. <laughs> Michael Carter was a rookie last year. It's not like he's been in the league for five years and hasn't done nothing. He was a rookie last year and led the team in rushing. And he was behind Javante Williams <laughs> in North Carolina, right? He was behind Javante Williams in North Carolina, who's a stud. So you're a backup in college. Get drafted in the fifth round. Yeah. And become a starter in the NFL. It's pretty good. A starter out of what, though? Like, I, who did he beat out? Uh, he beat Tevin, off a lot of people. Tevin, okay. what, Tevin, who, Tevin who's different? Tevin, Tevin something from Coleman. Tevin yeah, Coleman. Coleman. Who oh. actually you hold on? Oh, he's still on the team, by the way. Yeah, he is. And Jim was high on Tevin Coleman for the Jets last year. So I was not. Yeah, he you was high on something else. Yeah, you have to show me the tape on that one, pal. Oh, oh, we got pull receipts. We got receipts. Pull the clip. Oh, we got receipts. I'll pull it up and post. All I'm gonna say. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is, I'm in on Brees Hall. I'm out on Michael Carter. I'm in on Elijah Moore. <laughs> we haven't even discussed yet. And <laughs> I don't know about Garrett. Like I like Garrett Wilson as a talent, but as a rookie coming in, second-year quarterback, it's a little worrisome. But, I mean, you don't have to pay much for him. So, so, so I guess we're kind of jumping ahead here. But I will yeah, say this. This is a team that's going to be competitive, still losing, which means they'll be in close games. Trying to throw the goddamn ball, I it, I'm like beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> I really am. This is such a consistent tr- take from Trey. Is it wrong though? I mean, if you're down and you're running the goddamn ball, yeah, I but it's not. It's in the not like that in every game. Sometimes they're like, let's just get this shit over with. Yeah. You know, it's not like oh, we're you don't want to get this shit over with if it's a competitive game, though. That's what I'm saying. They're they're but trying if it's, to if be it's competitive, competitive, they're not going to be going out there throwing it for forty for yeah. forty plays every you know in the second half. Not if it's competitive. Like the only teams that like throw up like good garbage time stats are teams that have actually competent quarterbacks who aren't like great. Like every team Ryan Fitzpatrick was on. <laughs> Zach Wilson fucked his mom's <laughs> friend. Do you not think he did not? This locker room is more united than it has ever been in the history of New York. True. I hate, dude. Hold we, on. You're talking in the history. I'm sure Joe Namath has something to say about that, but you're preaching to the choir. But I got Zach Wilson on my dynasty roster. I got Garrett Wilson on my dynasty roster. I got Elijah Moore on my dynasty roster. I have Corey Davis, by the way. You remember that guy? Still on my dynasty roster. Is that so. somebody from Boy Meets World? <laughs> Jim's mortgage payment is based off of the Jets yeah. shares. <laughs> a lot of fucking... <laughs> a lot of shares in the, the house the on Jets. Zach Wilson's mom's best friend, okay? Hey, let me say this. You brought out Joe Namath, right? Won multiple Super Bowls. Pretty this is a guy who's... trying One Super Bowl. Uh, whatever. Either way, he's a legend in this fucking area. What are you going to say? They're losing a lot. What do you do when you lose? No, you no. You throw the ball <laughs> a lot. I hate you guys, man. <laughs> I'm saying they're gonna be competitive, so they're gonna be uh, they're gonna pretty much always be down. But you're gonna be want to be throwing in those late game situations, not necessarily running as much. It it's not gonna be as a huge shift. They're gonna give up the whole run game. Right. But Joe Namath won a Super Bowl. How do you think he got that fucking locker room united? Because he was getting laid. He tried to fuck Susie oh. Colbert on live television. I just want to kiss you, Susie. All fucking smash on the sideline. You guys remember that? No, no I don't. <laughs> you don't. I want to see this clip though. Now you don't know this. Joe Namath is in like a fur coat on the sideline of a Jets game after well, he retired. Joe Namath is always in a fur coat. Yeah, yeah I guess that's not very specific. And Susie <laughs> Colbert, like two years ago. Uh, like it's about twenty years ago. Because I remember my dad telling me about this. It's one of his favorite fucking Su- NFL. Moments. I don't think Susie was in the NFL twenty years ago. She's had fifteen quite the years career, ago. Let yeah. me. Like, I'm trying to think back when old pops was still breathing. All right. <laughs> So walk around this earth being a fucking degenerate, oh, and it and there's a clip of it. Joe Namath is just blasted on the sidelines, super drunk, and he and he's talking with Susie Colbert, doing one of those little clips in between the like you know the game or whatever during a live Jets game, and she's asking him something, and he just looks looks her dead in the fucking face, and he just goes, "I just want to kiss you, Susie." <laughs> I swear to God, oh God, I am not making this no, up. No, no, we'll look up the clip when we stop rolling here. Look it up, dude. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I want to see the clip. Um, but we've gone on a long path away from fantasy football here. <laughs> Just... right, so the next segment is: Would we kiss Susie Colbert? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so to, we're talking to, 15 years ago or what's the time? Uh, nah, even now, man. Today, Come on. I don't give yeah. a fuck. Either. Whatever. Um, all right, so let's roll it back in here. Um, I think Brees Hall, Michael Carter is closer to a 50-50 carry split than uh, what Jim's thinking. And in terms here. of receivers, wrong. I'm I'm with you with Elijah Moore being the more the receiver I'd rather have this season. Nice I think, pun, dude. <laughs> Jeez. All right. <laughs> Elijah Moore, wide receiver number one for the Jets. Garrett Wilson will be the guy of the future. Um, and I think they're both worth flyers though when you're talking about some being drafted more in the ninth to like twelfth round. So someone's got to eat, man. Honestly, the only reason I keep even saying this, I remember Amon Ross St. Brown, the the Lions, who became slowly competitive. He came along. What were they doing? They were playing garbage time, and he was scoring mad fucking points. Yeah, what do you do in garbage time? Scoring mad <laughs> fucking points. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. More's a stud. All right. Give Garrett Wilson a little time to warm up. But, I mean, what? He's going in the 12th round right now? Garrett is, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, so you're taking um, Michael Gallup or Garrett Wilson. Michael Gallup's hurt. Garrett Wilson, for sure. Uh, Garrett uh, Wilson. Well, what's up with Michael Gallup, though? Can we talk about that real quick? No, we Tor- just. Torn ACL. No? Oh, God. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Late, yeah, late, late in the year, torn ACL. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, or Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson. <laughs> just, just call him MVS, a.k.a. Sky Moore. Sky Moore, buddy. Or Garrett Wilson. Sky Moore. That, Sky Moore all day. It, Sky what? Moore being drafted in the 12th round is so disrespectful. Is that still happening? Yeah. Sky Moore is 132 overall right now. Dude, my mock draft last night, I got in the 12th. I was like, that's crazy. I, I can already tell. Our in-person draft that we're going to have in about uh, a month, we usually do a couple days for the first Thursday night game. Me and Tyler are going to be staring each other down. <laughs> the 11th round is going to start, and we're going to be looking at each other like, who's going to fucking pull the trigger, dog? Yeah. Like, who wants this? I, I might drive him in the 10th just because I know you're creeping. Yeah, just because of you guys, I know I won't have Sky Moore because <laughs> I know he'll probably end up going in, like, the fucking seventh round at this point, but it's all good. Hey, shout out to Montana, big sky country. Yeah, big sky, baby. Uh, all right, well, that'll do it <laughs> yeah. for the AFC East. Uh, thank you all for listening if you made it to this part of the show. Um, that means you're, you know, Let's ride. Dude, it, hey, hey, you better ride. <laughs> if we lost you at Joe Namath, honestly, you might not be about it. Yeah. You might not be about this show. That's true. Um, all right. Just got a little bit of us on that on the back end here. Uh, hit us up on, at the FF Fathers on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, look out for the next one. We'll be doing one of the North-Souths. Yeah. One probably. of them. If yeah, I probably. had to bet. It's a pretty good bet. And then we'll be getting into, <laughs> Take the Caesars. Uh, you know, once we get Jesus. closer to draft, we'll do some mocks here and we'll do some sleepers, all that good stuff. So keep an eye out for all that good content. Subscribe, like it. We'll catch you later. Later. <laughs>